decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, is real. And the way we will play with Maryland Pride. He's gonna go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man. What a play by Bias. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Lawrence, what's good? Guess who's just joining right now? Oh, is the star of the show finally here? Yeah, let's see how the audio works. This is going to be good. Also, I just ate, so I have a little guest here. He's, uh, he, he smells the food that I just ate. He's, this, is, <laughs> this is Ghost. Named after, oh, that's Ghost. <laughs> the Game of Thrones. He's he made an appearance last week too. You remember he or two weeks ago he was howling pretty loud. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, it was him. So he's here. He uh, I just ate. I just had my like five minutes before this finished up, and so whenever there's food, he's around. So I don't know how long he'll sit here without Denny. Everyone needs a pet direwolf. Yeah. Well, we have another dog. He's a He's about a 70-pound husky. And Oof. the other dog is the other dog. They're saying my audio is low. So let me just add a little bit to it. I just turned it up a little bit and moved the mic a little closer to my mouth. Let me know, the boss in the chat room. Is that better? I we have another dog who's a 12-pound Yorkie Bichon mix, which they call a Yoshan. Whatever. All right. But she's 12, <laughs> uh, 12 pounds, and her name is Igret. So if you are a Game of Thrones fan. Uh, so you're just full into it at this you, point. You know who Ghost and Igret are. And this ghost absolutely hates Igret. Like if I say her name too much, he might start talking here in a minute. Hey, Ghost, <laughs> guess what? Igret's coming. Ghost, you going to talk for everybody? Igret's coming. Nope. Hang on. Igret. Igrid's coming. Yeah, here he goes. Igrid's coming. <laughs> Ghost Igrid is coming. Igrid. Okay, that's freaking weird. I know. He hates her. You just have to say her name. 
I could get him going. Like sometimes he's like howling and like falsetto, like really, and he's warbling and stuff. So it's a little better, they said, by the boss. I hope everybody can hear me. And we don't know what happened to Jeff. I tried to admit him, but uh, it says he's joining. He is not in his normal location. Yeah, he's he's vis- visiting the uh, parental units, right? So we know how that goes. Yeah, so we get to make fun of him while he's not here, and he can't. Exactly. Him. Yep. He cannot defend himself. Yeah, I mean, especially it was really nice when you promised us Derek Queen. We were talking last week, but oh, did I, I say just, that out loud? I was just gonna, I was gonna bring up the text, the chat where he said. chance, Derek Queen. Yeah. That might be him right there. Derek Queen? That'd be... (laughs) (laughs) That'd be all right. I really badly wanted... I still want someone to commit to Maryland live on the show. That's like one of my big wishes for the show. I've wanted it so bad for so long. Yeah. We've We've had people after they committed, obviously, but no one who committed while... Like made the announcement. Like actually here. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be really, really cool. Now we just get to see Jeff. I don't even know. I don't think everybody else can see. Can you see Jeff's box appearing? I see. Yeah. I I just see Jeff's name and then darkness. Like (laughs) just just like a a total blank spot. Now it says you can't really hear Paul at all. Is this just the show of technical issues? First, the guy said, the boss said I was quiet. And Paul is super loud. Now Michael Barbino almost said Barbarino. Remember, do you know who Vinny Barbarino is? This is going to test here. No, that's, that's not quite old enough for that one. Do you, oh, okay. You, it is, yeah. This is a, what's the TikTok meme where they do that? Tell me you're 50 without telling me you're 50. Yeah. You know who Vinny Barbarino is? That was the character that John Travolta played on Welcome Back, Cotter. When he became famous, that was his first show. It's called Welcome Back, Cotter. I know Welcome Back, Cotter, but uh, yeah, yeah that's played Vinny Barbarino. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Yeah. We can hey, hear you. you made it. Yeah, but it's not doing. This is just a nightmare. So it's just not showing my video. Maybe we should. I mean, gone live without it. Maybe. <laughs> no, nobody wants to see your face anyway. So yeah, like, I know it's that. fine. And. Paul, you really don't know Vinny Barbarino? Come on, man. No, not as old as you motherfuckers, man. Yeah. Vinny Barbarino. The old folks will know that. Michael and DeBoss, can you hear Jeff? We can hear him, so. Yeah, apparently we're just doing all types of weird stuff volume-wise right now, so. Yeah. Wonderful start to the show, talking about. Yeah, super interesting stuff. My dog. (laughs) What about the weather this weekend, Paul? That's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look super. Uh, you know, if you're if you're in Maryland, you're trying to goose up some attendance after a you know pretty good September. It's not not super useful to have an all day you know event with a friggin' hurricane. But yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, do you remember years ago when there was a threat of a hurricane and a Maryland Michigan game got moved? Yes, because Harbaugh is a dick, and that that made me angry because I think I, this actually 
because I have this problem every year in, in that my, my son's birthday is on October 1st. So uh, what are my youngest son? And uh, I think that for that game, it was about the same time of year. And I, I think it was a, it was either a night game that got moved to a, a noon start or a noon start got moved to a night game. I don't remember which, but whatever I'd done, I had scheduled my son's birthday party around the existing time frame of the game. And then friggin' Harbaugh, Harbaugh complained about the hurricane coming or whatever, and then got the they time got, moved. They got what they wanted. Yeah. And then yeah, of course it's Michigan, so they got whatever the hell they wanted. And then afterward, you did a weather report because you made fun of it because there was no hurricane ever. Yeah, there, there were like three raindrops, and I recorded oh, a weather report from my backyard. I come with receipts. Here is, <laughs> here's Paul's weather report. This is Paul Douglas from Inside Maryland Sports Radio, and I am with you live in Annapolis, Maryland. We're about 30 miles away from College Park. It's 8 o'clock p.m. on Saturday, October 3rd. This is just about when the Maryland football game should have been kicking off. I am outside to give you the exact weather conditions that we have on the ground here, braving the elements for all of our listeners. It is a very bone-chilling 56 degrees right now. We have a crazy wind of about 10 to 12 knots, really kicking around the leaves. I I do see a tree limb swaying. There is a... Oh, no, wait a minute. That is a squirrel. That is a squirrel on the tree limb. Oh, careful, buddy. Oh, oh farewell, my woodland friend. My woodland farewell. Friend. <laughs> anyway, it looks like our squirrel will survive his little climb out on the tree limb. It is so cold, I may have to take off my gym shorts and put on sweatpants. I repeat, sweatpants. It also appears to have a lack of sun. I believe this is a night game, typically where the home team fares better. Their fans having a little more little more liquid courage before the game. I'm glad that that was taken care of by moving it to noon because we certainly would not want any of that. So, to wrap up, we are here. We are safe. There's not a drop of rain in the sky. It's not particularly windy. It's not particularly cold. Totally worthy of canceling the game. And with that, I bid you adieu. Yeah, it was a freaking night game and they took away from us. That's what it was. I I think I scheduled his birthday party for like noon or something. I'm like, all right, couple hours, knock this thing out, head over to the college park, no big deal. And then they took a night game away from us and put it at noon for no damn reason whatsoever. And then I'm pretty sure we got smashed. <laughs> oh yeah was that the 55 to 3 game or something like that? they're all 55 to 3 games except for this one so <laughs> while we're at it i'm looking at all the old clips here's here's when mike grinning do you remember the story oh there's jeff oh oh, oh, oh he's there for a second we he's there him. for a second i was gonna play the mike grinning clip which was very funny Everybody remember who Mike Grinning is? Is that is that which one was that? The Austin one or the New York Austin. one? Yeah. It was in Austin and it was after the game, after Maryland won. We went back to our hotel. First of all, do we need to explain who Mike Grinning is? Probably not. Not not to this audience. Okay. Mike Grinning was was the thirteenth man on the national championship. They know. And he was on the team that won the ACC championship. Two free throws. Right after that, maybe actually four, maybe. And he was incredibly drunk in the bar, hotel bar. And I went up to him, I heard him, and he kept making me walk. He made me walk around to all the people in the bar 
and introduce him as Mike Grinnan, the only player in Maryland history to win the national championship and an ACC championship to like every girl in the bar. And they're like, Oh, he must be good. And I'm like, <laughs> not really, he was like, but he was not like, really plastered. I, I think this is Mike Grinnan talking about me. Hang on. Hey, this is Michael Grinnan. Just want to check in here. And there's no sports without Larry France. Larry, we appreciate all your updates. Let's go Maryland. Boom. Boom! Boom! <laughs> Checking in here. <laughs> the, the 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 long the Long Island accent uh, with the boom at the end. I like that. So he, re- he remembered your first and last name though. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Not for long, I imagine. We spent a lot long time with him, and he was with your buddy or your buddy's son, Sheil. Um, who was the longtime Terrapin Club member, Sheil? Mike Don Sheeler. Don Sheeler. Don Sheeler. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. His son was hanging out with Grinnin, and there was some other girls there. And it was yeah, Mike, crazy. Mike, and Mike are tight. Jeff, yeah. Jeff, are you um? So are you like in? Are you like in your old like little kids room at your parents' house? Like I know. actually made a joke about doing this show from my my old bedroom. <laughs> I thought about doing it. I'm in uh, my parents' office right now. Oh, there you go. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm glad you found an internet signal eventually. You don't have the. I had a signal with Zoom. Sometimes Zoom just wants to totally sabotage my entire life. It's the worst. Obviously, it would help if I got on there before like six fifty six p.m. to get it going. But uh, yeah, just visiting <clears throat> visiting family, so a little discombobulated. I apologize for my tardiness. The demonette says hello. Also, hello back, demonette Jeff. Have you been able to post the link on YouTube on Twitter yet? No, I have not. That. And then we'll we'll bump up the audience a little bit here. In the meantime, it is nice to see you without a hat, Jeff. Normally wear the hat. We don't get to see your... Yeah, that's another product of my late... Uh, my kind of late planning where I just... I'm like, oh shit, my hair looks terrible. I'm throwing the hat every time. <laughs> not that it's yeah. really styling at the moment, as I can see, but... There's not it's much passable. I can do about mine, so I just... It's passable. There's, although the headphones hide it a little bit. So. Yeah, you take what you can get most of the time, right? Speaking of which, I hope there is a slight chance tomorrow everybody will be talking about how bad my audio is because I did not think to bring my microphone with me over here. It actually <laughs> sounds pretty good to me. It sounds okay. Yeah, it we'll see. Awesome. Yeah. So you have the link. You're going to post it on... Yeah, I'm getting that right now. And while you're doing that, we had started talking about the weather for this weekend, and we got on that tangent about the the Michigan game from – Yeah, what's it going to be like at the game? Well, Paul and I were – pre- It's not looking super. Yeah, we were discussing pre-show how it might affect on the field and about how it's going to be rough for Maryland because they have the, the more athletic players and the skill position players. I, and I said I think it's the opposite because – the defense has to react to them, and they're still going to be able to make their moves fairly well. The defense is the one that's going to be slipping and sliding, I feel like, the defense is. My concern, so, if I was Maryland, would be, you know, I'm a big situational guy. You look at the situation. One team played terrible last week, under fire, desperate to save their season. You know, they're probably looking at this as kind of the last stand, even though it's early in the season still. 
They would be 0-3 in the Big Ten. Another team that might just be kind of emotionally getting over <clears throat> that near miss at Michigan. So those that's kind of a bad situational combination, I think. Although, so I could see that leading to a slow start for Maryland. But I think eventually, you know, they're just a better team, you would think. Hopefully. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm more concerned about the weather as more of an equalizer. And it, it does kind of feel like Maryland's a more talented team than Michigan State right now. I think, I think having uh, Kenneth Walker back there last year solved a whole lot of problems uh, on that offense uh, that, that they don't have solved and at this moment. Also, they had a lot of senior linemen who aren't there anymore this year, too. So, yeah, there's a lot of that, too. So, and their pass coverage has been terrible. The defensive backs are not good. Talia's due to kind of bust out, I think. I thought against Michigan, I don't know. I don't know. You guys probably already broke it all down, but I thought we haven't yet. We 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 waited for you, so maybe we can get into that now. Uh, you know, the last. I mean, yeah. starting with SMU and and Michigan. Uh, Michigan. I mean, SMU was an interesting game in that they did start slowly again. Um, the defense. Gave up. Honestly, SMU was weird because I kind of felt like the defense actually didn't play that badly for a game where they gave up almost 600 yards of offense. Um, And the offense didn't play that great for a team that scored a bunch. Um, But it did feel like a lot of that kind of did come together more in the Michigan game, which ended up being a loss, ironically. Um, You know, obviously having uh, having Talia get those injuries in the second half, Michigan is super not great. Um, but you know, you like to see Billy Edwards come in and at least look like he can, you know, it was against the Michigan prevents, but it's still, it's, you know, that was still kind of a game at that point. Um, let me ask you this. If the, the two missed interceptions and the running clock, do you think a just mistakes that happen and they happen to benefit Michigan B the refs were intentionally trying to do it or see they just kind of they weren't intentionally doing it but they were kind of watching the game with a Michigan gaze and therefore things kind of got called that way I think the blue bloods get those calls so well, but it, so the other thing that makes me mad it wasn't even getting the call like if you review that and Michigan and they still consider them interceptions I'm angry but at least they in theory did their jobs well, I don't know how they did. They, they're supposed to review every turnover, so they did review it by definition and didn't overturn it. Right, but I, I mean review in terms of sending it down to the field, you know, like doing the conference, yeah. right? I mean, somebody obviously took a look and was like, meh. But I mean that that first, made I mean me the angry. first one was blame. That's just egregious. Yeah, clearly well, hit the ground. Clearly not an interception. The, the second the, one. We never quite got an angle because it looked like the ball moved, but it's possible his hands were underneath it when it popped up. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know about this. I didn't see an angle with the second one that was very convincing, but the first one, I think the ball hit the ground and moved, and it wasn't even – Clearly, clearly. It was clearly. I mean, every everybody in the Fox booth was saying that, and they were all, you know, pumping up Michigan the and whole time. And they called in the official, the booth official that they have who analyzes those yeah. things agreed as well even, so – I don't think Even Dean Blandino is like, yeah, took took five second look at this. Yeah, the ball moved. It's it's incomplete, and that that probably cost Maryland points because you've got Ryland back there. If he's going to be automatic three from fifty five and in, I mean, Not they just you points, know, it's time of possession. It's yep. momentum. Yeah, momentum. They had all the momentum right yeah. there. Yep. 
All the momentum inflection of the game. It wasn't just a random, you know, third and 22 on your own 30 yard line. They were driving. They were on a roll. You know, if if they score a touchdown there, who knows? But there's a lot of what ifs from that game. The biggest one, obviously, being the the face fumble. The face fumble was bad to open the game. Everybody, every Maryland fan on earth is thinking, oh, geez, you know, here we go again. I mentioned the running clock. Someone in the chat's asking the running clock. Paul, why don't you explain it? Yeah, so there were a couple times, I think, towards the end of the first half, especially where um, maybe it was leading up to that fourth down uh, where uh, Coram scored the touchdown play. I think they stopped the clock somewhere while they were setting up for that play where they shouldn't have because they didn't get a first down or call timeout or anything. And there were a couple instances where it felt like the clock was running or stopped in a way that was very convenient for Michigan and not convenient for Maryland. Um, But I don't, I don't have a dossier on, on exactly how that went down. After Michigan scored at the end of the first half, uh, there were, yeah, time ran off after that, right? Eight seconds, I think. By the time they kicked the extra point, it said 22. And then after that, on the kickoff, it said 20. Something like that. And eight seconds were gone, which if you've got almost 30 seconds as Loxley, maybe you try and run some plays. Yeah, that probably changes your – If you've got 20, you're like, yeah, we're just going to kneel. So that... You know, when else you might try to run some aggressive plays is when you have – again, you feel like you have the momentum – you have the ball with two and a half minutes left on your own, whatever, 30-yard line. Easy chance to do some damage. And you go three straight conservative plays. I think a couple of bubble screens and a run up the middle or whatever it was. They got them like two yards. You punt it, and then Michigan goes 70 yards and scores. That, I thought, was the biggest turning point right there because they should have gone in the half at least up three, maybe more. But they, you know, they went really conservative there. Yeah, overall, I, I, think, I overall I think Enos is very good. Go, Paul. Yeah, no, I, I was I was going to agree. I, I think Enos is a very good college offensive coordinator. Um, it's very easy to second guess a lot of these things, but that felt like that felt like the game to me. I mean, they they you just can't come out and just be like, all right, we'll just you know we'll we'll just run out you know run off forty five seconds and give them the ball back when you know Michigan's getting the ball after half two anyway. Right, you're up a touch, you know, up three points. I think at that point, you know, you got to go down and try. They got it. I was thinking they're going to be thinking, all right, we got the lead 13, 13, 10. We don't want to do anything crazy and blow it. So, yeah, so what you said, let's just play it safe. If we have to go three and out, there, what's the worst that's going to happen? Maybe they'll get a field goal. Yeah, well, that the worst that was happened was worse than that. And I, I feel like if maybe if you're at home, you play that differently. Maybe if Maryland gets the ball. Um, in the second half, like that's more justifiable to me. But when you're on the road and you know you're playing a top top five team and you've got the momentum, man, you got to try and use it. Yeah, but and that just me, felt like a total give up to me. Let me let me play devil's advocate through the counter argument. When Maryland's passing the ball, when they're running the ball very well all game against Michigan, and then in the third quarter they do nothing but pass, they're going to criticize the Enos and the offensive staff get criticized for that. So when they do it at the end of the first half, you know, you think, Hey, run the ball. They have a good shot at getting a first down running the ball. Cause they've been running it down Michigan's throat the whole game already. 
they showed that right. they could run the ball. So in that regard, I don't hate that that much. But the thing is, it wasn't it wasn't just a run pass thing to me, right? Because they passed on first down. It's just they threw a little dink dunk five yard curl to Demas that he dropped, and then their second down run play was just a dive up the middle. I mean, they've got they've got a very expansive, very good quality playbook. I just the feel like down, the third down play was a wide receiver a bubble screen right, right across the line of scrimmage. That's just a give up play. That was uh, that was just a your let's run thirty seconds off the clock and punt kind of play. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 your defense, your defense can't be giving up a touchdown in that spot. You know, seventy went seventy five yards in two minutes. Well, I think Loxley should have called a timeout on the fourth down because the defense was not ready. They, I, they, did, they stopped them on third, and it was like a half a yard to go or less than a yard, whatever it was. Michigan ran a line. There should have been a timeout call. I think you're probably right. I don't. I just don't think it's like you know. Everybody's just, oh, Loxley can't coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. I, I don't think it was one of those. I think there's a part of part of this too where like you got to trust your guys, right? You got your guys on the field. They know it's fourth down. They're lined up. They if they lined up miss if they're misaligned, that's on them too, right? If, if Maryland goes and, you know, or if Michigan goes and they're not lined up because they're going quick or they have a, a motion penalty or something, then not calling the timeout works out for you. Yes. Right. But, I just. Yes. But Loxley has a history with some questionable clock decisions. And if it's. If it but it wasn't a clock game, decision to me. That was just a that was just a whether you want to trust your guys to get half, set up. End of half, end of game decisions. He has some questionable history with that. And it kind of reminds me, you know, Loxley's not in the same place Turgeon was at the end of his tenure, but Turgeon at the beginning of his tenure had some issues with inbounds plays and had some issues with his offense where they end up chucking threes. And for a while, it's okay. Kind of you're like, Oh, maybe it'll get better with the personnel changes. But after you see it for 10 years, people start to hate it and despise it. And I worry a little bit that's going to start happening with Loxley if those things keep happening with him. Yeah, I also think some people are fucking morons and they just I, – I, my prior here is that a lot of people look at recruiters who become coaches as guys who can't coach. And that narrative festers in ways that I think is very unhealthy but in it, a lot of other ways. But, so, so I, I mean, I agree. I some of it's I, fair. He had a three. Yeah, no, but, record, and there are extenuating circumstances. Some of it's fair. And listen, I'm I'm a Loxley guy. I'm not I'm not bashing Loxley at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. want him to be the coach, but um, he, he there are it is okay to question his decisions, right? And Absolutely. He was going off on uh, did you see that shot of him going off on Brian Williams after one of those long runs? Yeah, uh, I can't remember which of it. One of the two long quorum Blake quorum runs. It wasn't that one, I don't think. I think it was the it was the the last the backbreaker one. Backbreaker one, yeah, yeah. You could see him just going off on Brian Williams, obviously about not setting the edge. They didn't set the edge at all. Those runs, I mean, the whole you rarely see a whole entire eleven guys stuck right in between the hash marks. Those couldn't have been any easier for Corum to get outside on. Those so, were two total failures. I mean, it did help that 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 big white tight end was bear hugging Nachami or somebody from behind yeah. when, yeah, when, when he, was, he was he was he was he was he was helped he was helped uh yeah he was he was he was assisted in crashing into that I don't begrudge chair. those non-calls because they were pretty consistent with Maryland and Michigan on the non-calls the whole game. The 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 
officiating problems I saw were the interceptions and allowing the clock to run at the end of the first half. And then in the second half, it seemed like every play, it was going an extra five seconds. It yeah. was going down and they, and either it needs to be addressed in some way to say the officials clock wasn't doing it, but it doesn't seem like that. It seems like literally five seconds were going off and that was happening over and over again when Michigan had the lead and Maryland needed the time. There was a lot of there was a lot of weird stuff going on. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a game like that where they just put their whistles in their pocket. And you're right. To be fair, they let a lot of stuff go on Maryland's side yeah, too. So like, I'm if they're going to let them play, especially on the outside, I'm generally fine with that. But you know, I, just to finish our our little argument about uh, locks and and coastuses, I I do think that there's plenty to question about whether you call a timeout there. I just don't think that's like the hill to die on if you're like a no. not locks guy. Cause I, I think part of it is like, part of it is like, you just got to count on your guys to know what to do. Right. And, and locks is a player's coach. And I think that's going to, you know, if that's who you are, you got to, you got to ride with that to some degree. And, you know, maybe next time he changes his mind and calls the timeout. I don't know, but there are many times during the games when I'm watching the games under locks, I'm like, call a timeout. Call a timeout. I'm like screaming at the TV or if I'm like at the game or whatever. And it happens a lot. So after a while, if they don't keep progressing, if they're losing, that's going to be something that's going to be difficult to deal with if it doesn't yeah, well, change. It's a narrative. It's there. Yeah, yeah, I just, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's an honest one is what I'm saying. That's all. I think I, it's fair. I think that, I think that. I think it's fair to question it. I just think you have the same people questioning it all the time. Oh, he's called his timeouts too quickly or, oh, this time he should have called him. You can't, you don't get him in the second half locks. You know, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, just, there's some people who were, yeah. Some people are going to do that. Yes. Without we're not getting, we're not going to, we're not going to solve that question here tonight. Without but, ever pointing out the positive aspects. And there are many positive aspects. Right. He's turned the program around in a great way. Yeah. There's a ton of credit. And his coaching seems to have gotten better. Talia has gotten way more poised in the pocket this year over last year. And you can probably give the coaches some credit for that. He's not all the way there yet. There's still a little bit of panicking. But yeah. you see those improvements. You got to give Loxy credit. You see 15 penalties one game. He lays into them. The next game they come out and commit, what is it, two or three? Give him credit. The timeout right. stuff. I'll just say during the games, I get pretty upset sometimes. No, I think it's <laughs> I, I at said, the TV. It's completely fair. I just I just think there's a lot of the same people repeating the same things every week for different reasons. And I I just don't yeah. I don't appreciate that. Yeah. Michigan State. What about Tucker last year? What if all he did was kind of catch lightning in a bottle. They had Kenneth Walker. They had the right combination of offensive linemen. Michigan State panicked and gave him this insane contract. And he's not going to be very good for the next 10 yeah, years. Yeah, that's a that real possibility. A beautiful thing for Maryland to be yeah. number four in the pecking order. It it's a possibility. Happen. He seems good, but sometimes you have those years where everything, you get the right, inherit the perfectly perfect mix of players, and it all comes together. Kind of like uh, like Freegen's first year. Obviously, he did. He followed it up with more winning years, but it was still one of those years where everything is just 
you a new coach get there gets there and everything's laid out perfectly. And what did they give him? Like eleven million a year, something ten million a year? It's like a hundred hundred million over nine years or something crazy. It's, they're stuck I mean, with him for five six years, and if he's not yeah. good, that's very good for Maryland. He's he's yeah. probably good, and this is just a also, down year. But there's there's a possibility it was a lightning in a bottle scenario. Also, football seasons are short. There's a lot of variants. Think of it a baseball season. You play 162 games. A baseball team will have a stretch where they go eight, eight and two out of ten games, and then the next they go three and seven. And right. you have stretches like that. Football season, yeah. when every everybody in the middle can be hit by that variance. You can be a very good team and go six and six because the breaks don't, don't go your way. It could have just been everything went the right way, right? Lightning in the bottle. I'm 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 hoping for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I don't I don't think D'Antonio had like a team of scrubs when he showed up. I mean, I think there were some good players there. You hit the portal, you get the right running back, and what do you know? Everything works out. But like now he's got to do the hard part, which is the the rebuilding process, you know, not just recruiting quality players or recruiting quality players who fit your system and who, you know, having the coordinators who can make that work. I mean, say what you want to say about locks, but like at least you can see the like upward trajectory basically every year since he's been here because he's been able to build this program, get the coordinators that he wants in there, get the type of players that he wants, you know, being able to find these kind of three-star Tarheeb still, you know, maybe uh, Wheatland type guys who maybe were a little under the radar that turn into kind of, you know, better quality players. So like, I think the issue with Tucker, we, we won't know for three or four years, whether he's any good or not. I think last year just kind of ended up being so lucky for him because he was able to lock himself in there. And now they just got to sit around and hope he figures it out. I mean, good for him. He got the money, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully it was a fluke and, and it, it allows Maryland to leapfrog them for a little bit. That'd be Completely agree. That would be, that would be nice. A very, very nice thing. If that happened, any predictions for this weekend? Whew. Jeff gonna sit there silent. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They win, I think. I, Put it that way. I, I think they win a close game, maybe six points. I think Michigan State, like I said, they're going to be playing for their lives, you know. And Maryland could have a little letdown. And really, as much as everybody's hyping up Maryland because they played Michigan close, they still weren't that great in the first three games. Yeah. You know, they did enough to win the first two. We're against nobody's SMU. They're pretty fortunate yeah, to get but out of there with a the win. I'm, I'm going to compliment the coaches again. They're, the play calling changed pretty drastically in the last two games as compared to the first two. So that's pretty cool. Like they, they were they were holding back some stuff so the other teams couldn't game plan against it, and they threw some wrinkles in. That little shovel pass Talia, that Talia's doing on the inside is awesome. Oh, my God. That was incredible. And, had, and they did it in both games, right? I think they did it in SMU and Michigan. Um, and it was it was like a misdirection shovel too. He like didn't he roll left and then shoveled to the right? He had a yeah he had a he had a back and a pulling guard going one way, and then you had the the opposite the strong side tight end coming back around underneath it. Like it was it was sexy, man. Was, Enos is good for one of those game at least where you get just some crazy play you've never even imagined before that. It doesn't always come off, but it's certainly interesting to watch. Um, as for this weekend, I, I'm i not sure Michigan State is as bad as they've looked the last couple of weeks. Um, 
but they're also not very good. And I feel like if Maryland wants to have the type of season that they feel like they should have this year, they got to win this game. And I, I don't really care yeah. how they look. They just got to do it. Win. Absolutely yeah. must win. And realistically, you should handle them. If you are what you should be based on personnel and maturity and building up to this point in the prog- in the, the stage that they, they're at at the program and where Michigan State is, it, it is, it's a game you should win fairly comfortably, but it's one you definitely have to win, period. And the next, these next four, including Michigan State, you really got to win, go three and one there. At least. I mean, you got those teams, Maryland will be favored in all four of those, right? Yeah. You would think so. Uh, it, I, I posted a thread on the inside Maryland sports.com message boards this week saying basically these four games coming up are the season, right? I mean, if you're, you know, they, they finished, you know, Maryland's best month, man, Maryland football in September, always a blast, right? So they did what they had to do in September, the three and one coming out of there. You would have loved four and oh, but that would have been, you know, unique in its own right. But now you're talking about a, a wounded Michigan State at home. You got Purdue coming in next week. They're not very good. You're at Indiana and they're really not good. And then you got Northwestern coming in and they're also really not good. So I think North Northwestern has lost to like DeVry and Montgomery College. <laughs> yes, but they've also kicked Maryland's ass every time we played them, I believe. Good so, coach, but they're they're not good at all. So no. it's like perfect world is four and zero, but you know something. Even though you should go four and zero, something's going to pop up. So realistically, three and one is a pretty good expectation. Two and two is a, is a pretty big disappointment that sets you back to where you're just thinking, ah, oh, just... six wins, hopefully, and one and three are. are Oh, and four seasons are, over. Total, total disasters. Completely agree. I I think four and zero is what you're aiming for, and I think it's legitimate and possible. Um, you know, three and one does the job, right? If you're six and two going into that bye week, you know, head before you head to Camp Randall, you're already bowl eligible. You know, before the end of October, like that, that's a different place for this program right now, and that would be just fine. But two and two, you're a little busted up. One and three or worse. That's a, yeah, that's, that's not great. You see the spreadsheet here? Yeah, we got it. Yep. So this is all the analytics. Here are the four games you're talking about. I, I've been updating mine every week. I haven't updated your guys' percentages. I'm sure they're probably a little. Oh, that's better. cheating. Cooking the books. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do because the analytics sites are updating every week as well. I mean, I would I would bump up my 40 (laughs) percent for Michigan State. That's for sure. Over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, ESPN's got them at 7.72. Massey 7.08. Team ranking 7.28. PFF at 7.4. Those are a lot higher than preseason. Yeah. 90.2 percent and 88 percent for chances at making a bowl game. Here's team rankings, which says the percent chance at each record. Eight and four, better chance than six and six now is pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty wild, isn't it? I mean, you yeah. look at um, you know, looking at FPI, like they really love Maryland right now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think for me, I'm not gonna lie, like I almost don't even want to say it out loud, but like the thing is if if Leah goes down. Like that's the only thing derailing this train, it seems to me. You know, that's that that's the disaster scenario. And when you saw him not only have the rib issue, but the knee issue last week, that's that's what gives me a little bit of concern going in this game. Um, 
I know he's a tough kid and he's been able to play through some nagging stuff before, but boy, you, you got to have him for these games. Cause I think if you have him for these four games, you've got a damn good shot of going three and one or four. No. And people always ask, people always complain about why he doesn't run more or look scared to take a hit. That's why that hit he took, right. He's small, man. He is a, he is a, he's not tiny, but he's a pretty slight dude. Like I've said a million times. He's kind of tiny. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that six feet, six feet, two Oh five. I think, I think he's more like yeah, five, dripping 10, wet. five eleven, maybe one ninety. Well, that's, and that's, I was going to say, and that's kind of the thing. And like, again, I don't want to talk him down because I love the kid and he's the best quarterback we've had since uh, Scotty, as far as I'm concerned, but like he doesn't have an NFL future. I mean, he just doesn't. There's, I don't see a world where that happens. The only way a guy that small has any future whatsoever is as a runner, and he's not going to be a runner. He's not a re- really a runner in college. He sure as hell isn't going to be one in the NFL. So, like, it makes you wonder if things go right. Maybe he might think about coming back and taking that COVID year, but that's a that's a November. That, would, that might save December. him from a. That might save him from a tough rebuilding year. Yep. I mean, that would really save the day because next year's looking rough, dude. <laughs> it's unbelievable how many guys, unless you get a few COVID guys, it's unbelievable how many they're going to lose after this year. I mean, yeah. just about every, I mean, not every, I mean, there's some guys, defense, you know, your safeties, um, your running Corner, backs will all be back. Corners and lines are where it really hurts, man. The Both sides of the line. line. You know, they have some young, promising guys, though. I think um, Andre Roy mm-hmm. and um, the center Deary, Deary, Colton Deary. Thank you. He, uh, those guys are going to be really good, but still, that'll be a young. true test of Loxley's program building. After losing, they're going to lose a ton of seniors this year. How much of the drop off is there going to be next year? We'll see. That'll be very interesting. You guys want to see the PFF? This is kind of cool too. PFF. Yeah, well, at least we got four games now, so you're you've got a little more for the stats to kind of work themselves out, right? Because we were looking at these after week two, and they were insane. Yeah. Well, this is kind of neat because it shows Maryland. Do I do I need to zoom this? Is it too small? It's a little small. Okay, let me zoom a little bit here, um, and you can see Michigan's defense. This is Michigan's defense. Looks like a really player is playing very well on the end here, Windman. And then on Maryland's line, it looks like the best linemen are on the right over here. So maybe they're going to be running to the right a lot. We'll see about that. Yeah. Although maybe he won't line up. CJ Dupree looks good. Yeah, very good. And Talia with the highest rating of anyone. And look at Copeland here, 79.6, pretty good. As soon as you get over 70, you're doing really well. So None of those receivers are, are really putting up numbers. Nope. Uh, Jared is way off his pace from yep. last year. Yep. Demas, I think, has uh, something like five catches for 76 yards in four games. Here's no touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, offense. I mean, Demas is Demas is not the same guy, and no. and it's not his fault. And I'm I'm not going to sit here and I don't want to sit here and criticize him because he's doing his best. I I do think they need to think about. Maybe giving some more some more reps to to Copeland. I think he's he's really he's really shown well to me. Um, not only just from from watching with with eyeballs, but from uh, uh, let me let me actually promote uh, if you know Coach Tooch, who's a, a 
great poster on the inside MarylandSports.com message board has been posting um, a lot of these play breakdowns, uh, not only on the message board, but on Twitter as well. And I want to get his, his Twitter. I want to, I want to get his Twitter handle correct because you, if you, if you're just, even if you're not like a, you know, someone who, who played football before or, um, you know, really understands like how this stuff breaks down. Tooch is incredibly good at just breaking down kind of the language and how these plays work or don't work. Um, yeah, really good. And it's, I, I mean, I could watch this stuff all day. So he, he posts at on Twitter at Maryland O film BD. Um, it's Terps football film breakdown. You can probably search for that too, um, but it's excellent. And, uh, just I I, rec- I cannot recommend it anymore to anybody who has even a passing interest in uh, in kind of like how these you know how a, how a good play beats you know a, a defense that's in position to to stop it or vice versa or you know how you can tell sometimes you know these guys in the booth you can look at the alignment and think oh we got this you know they know ten seconds beforehand that this is going to be a big play it, it's just really interesting to see from a coach's perspective, but also kind of breaking it down in a way that some of us, uh, some of us losers who don't understand so much uh, can, can really uh, talk about it in layman's terms. He talk, and it, I like when he talks about the job each specific player is supposed to have and how well they do it or don't and see how he missed this thing he was supposed to do here. That's why this got blown up or see how he did this here. And that's why this play was good. I like that stuff a lot. Yeah, there are a lot of people who talk a lot of smack about football who don't really know what the hell they're talking about. He does. Like, Tooch breaks it down, and, yeah. and you, you can learn from this. Here I'm showing now the Michigan offense on PFF. Looks like the left side of their line is really strong or playing very well. The whole line doing fairly well as a unit, looks like. Yeah, those are good ratings. Yeah, and then Maryland's defense. Look who's almost number one. Jason Barham. 73.3 rating. Tarheed Steele at 73.4 is number one. They're the only two over 70 on the entire defense. Nasili Kite is close. Bandarius Cowan is close. Now you know why there's so much hype about Barham and flipping from South Carolina and all offseason. You know, I kept reporting. Everybody there kept raving about him because he's a stud. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's ready-made. You can see it out there. He has, he has the it factor. The, the other guy, you know, we were talking about Demas, the other veteran coming off an injury who you were hoping for big things, who's done big things before, is Nachami. And he hasn't gotten a sack yet. He's got five tackles. I wonder, you wonder if he's also not himself or maybe it's just a fluky down period or whatever, but he was supposed to be their best pass rusher and you haven't really seen him pop up. Pass rush is bad. It's bad, bad, bad. Let's end football with a prediction. Jeff, you go first. What's your prediction for Saturday? We'll say Maryland 31, Michigan State 24. Jeff? Maryland 31. Sorry, Paul. I just wanted to I, – I knew you did it twice. I just wanted to hear him say it again. You don't give a shit what you think. The, se- the second would be like, oh, Maryland 28, Michigan State 17. How's that? Jeff, one more time until he, until he says – yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, 
I, I think they're going to score points. Um, I don't know whether they won't give them up or not. So uh, I, I would say like uh, Maryland 38, Michigan State 21. That's that's a that maybe a little hopeful, but comfortable. We'll see. Comfortable. Yeah, I was actually going to say something similar to that, Paul. I mean, I, I think I think Maryland's pretty good. Like, I, I don't. Uh, that's my prior. You know, I, I do think that Maryland is, is 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 as good as they were against Michigan. Maybe more so than they showed in the first three games. But you know, we'll see. They're they're testing their depth now when it comes to inside linebacker, some other positions. Talia's banged up. You know, wide receivers haven't quite been what they've been. Rakim's Jared Jared's uh, banged up too. So I. I don't know, man. I think we'll learn a lot about this team this week. I think I think if they come out and they really bury Michigan State, that's a really, really good sign for the next couple. Yeah, couple this feels like a game that tells you who you are. Huge yeah. game. All right, Jeff, before you came on, we told everybody accidentally about the text you sent us about how Derek Queen is about to commit. Yep. Hmm. You wish. <laughs> Look, you told me to write the check. I wrote the check. Yeah. And- I mean, you know, he, he five bucks is not enough. Damn no it. Uh, Damn it. I tried, guys. Did my best. That, that's all we make on IMS radio in a year, though. Is five it's bucks. more than we make on IMS radio in a year. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm just hoping. Unless you guys will hit the damn subscribe button. All right. <laughs> Jeff, you get five minutes to tell everybody about Maryland football recruiting. Go. Uh, I don't think I even need five minutes for that. I mean, it's pretty quiet. Like I've said, 20 commitments early on, there's only going to be about five to eight more commitments. And and for the most part, the visitors they've been having. Uh, no, no, visitors I, been under- did I say football? Why am I yeah. I'm misspeaking over and over. We have transitioned to yeah. basketball. Nobody gives a shit about football recruiting. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Basketball it's not recruiting. Not it's much like- right now, man. They they're really not into that for some reason at the moment. It's so funny how the collective, you could just see the collective interests just shift back and forth. At some points, they'll be all over football recruiting. But I guess when you get 20 commitments early on and you're not really racking up the four stars, that's the way it goes. But basketball-wise, uh, Colby reported a couple of days ago, Derek Queen's going to visit soon. What that means, we'll have to wait and see, you know. There's still the big question. <clears throat> the million-dollar question is whether he reclassifies to 2023. If he does that, I love Maryland's chances. Um, but there's a chance he might not make a decision on that until the spring. They're waiting on decisions from their two top front court prospects, Papa Conte, the 6'10 center uh, from who plays in Connecticut, and um, Mohamed Diabate. Six seven Ford uh, from New York, both visited mid September. Uh, Diabate just visited Virginia Tech. He's going to do one more to Alabama and decide very soon after that. So it won't be much of a wait on that. Conte is a mystery man. The wild card is Memphis because his AAU coach was hired by Memphis uh, about a month ago. Otherwise, you know, they've already got their three commitments, obviously, so it's not like a huge net being cast. Those are the guys to pay attention to is those two and Queen if he decides to reclass. And then there's tons of stuff going on in 24. You know, we're covering it all, but obviously those guys typically aren't anywhere near committing yet. Those two. Well, and you've got a – oh, sorry there. 
I was going to say those two seem like perfect complements to the three guards they have now, or any yeah. two of the three, really, as big men, forwards, and, and interior players, even if they're stretch fours, even if they move outside a little bit. Perfect complements and would be an amazing end of the class. Go ahead, Paul. I was just going to say, I, I think you've got a couple situations there where, like, look, if Queen's going to wait to decide, even if whether he wants to come here or not, if he's going to wait until the spring and you get an opportunity to take uh, Diabate and Conte, you probably take that bargain, right? You know, you're not waiting around. You're not telling no, one. No, you're no. not waiting. No yeah. chance they're waiting. They, they really want both those guys badly. Yeah. Of and then. Queen, but Sure. But, and, and I mean, the good thing here is like, okay, well, if you miss on both of those guys, you can still go all in on Queen. And then, you know, it's still early in this class recruiting period, right? It's only September. Yeah, so, and in the transfer portal. Yeah, you can, you can attack the portal. The portal like there are you, you can wait for guys to emerge during their senior year, which happens all the time now, um, especially with COVID related delays and weird stuff going on with AAU. Like, so they're in a really good spot, I think. I, I You'd like to get one of those guys, I would think, relatively soon just to kind of be like, all right, we've got our four worst-case scenario. We can roll into the spring strong with these guys committed. But, like, it – again, I don't want to bring everything back to Turgeon, you know, like it used to be. But, like, you feel a lot – you got to look at this situation feeling a lot more secure now than you would in the last, God, four or five years, I think. For sure especially the last four or five years. But Turgeon always had that magic trick he always pulled in the spring. For four or five years in a row, the class was saved by someone late in the class. And you remember who they all are, Jeff. I can't remember exactly who they are. but Yeah, Bruno was late, right? Yeah. Len was late. Justin um, Jackson. Justin Jackson. The whole um, mellow Trimble Diamond Stone thing happened late also, and it set up the next season for a lot of excitement. When, when they both kind of announced at the same yeah, time. Yeah, they're building a monster. Yeah. We have Paul's favorite part of the show now. <laughs> yeah. Y'all enjoy. I, I haven't this is Wheels with your Inside Maryland Sports Non-Revenue Report. Number nine men's soccer camp comes off of a big win against number 13 Ohio State this past week. They head out of conference on Friday to play Old Dominion at Ludwood Field. Number four, women's field hockey is 9-1 after a huge win this past weekend over Michigan on the road. They head to perennial power, Iowa, this coming Friday in a big matchup. Women's volleyball is looking to snap a two-game losing streak this Friday against Michigan State. Finally, women's soccer is on a two-game losing skid after a 1-0 loss this past weekend to number four, Rutgers. They head to Wisconsin on Friday. And that's it for your non-revenue report. This is Wheels. See ya. There's Wheels. I love the non-revenue report because I love getting the little snapshots of what's going on. Paul hates it so much he has to turn off his camera. That's his new shtick. He's always got something. I think he had to take a bathroom break. I know. He did. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Hi. Spoiler alert. What I miss. You missed the non-revs report, Paul. Your, oh, damn it. Your favorite part of the show. So bummed, man. All right. I didn't have to go to the bathroom or anything. My, my wife actually texted me. She's like, hey, I'm coming home. Can you make you know throw this thing in the microwave for me? I'm like, yeah, kind of recording a podcast right now, but sure. <laughs> Husband of the year, 
That's how I roll. It's okay. Every once in a while, I get up, let my dog out. And, you know, we're casual here. Happens. Yeah. We're casual. You need to do. You need to do the show from one of those chairs once. Just like to mix it up. <laughs> from the bubble chair. From from uh, the bubble chairs in the back. Yeah, the, the sex we, chairs. Yeah, we, sanitize that thing first. Yeah, you got to spray <laughs> Lysol that thing. <laughs> At one point, I'll just say that. They got ripped out of the ceiling because of some activities at a party. That's all I'm going to say. Hey! <laughs> activities, huh? Yeah. All right. Activities at a party. Look, I'm not, I'm not here to judge. I'm not, a king, I'm not a king shamer. That back door was interfacing. is a bathroom, <laughs> yeah. and it's got a sliding door, and that thing broke out. So we had to get the frame ripped off to put the sliding back. back Man, back shit's in getting yeah, wild in the, in the France household. Yeah. Kid right. goes off to college for like three weeks and just... Things are breaking and rocking in the suburbs. Oh no, this is a while ago. I know. It was a while ago. Yeah. Joke was yeah. too good to miss up. Yeah. All right. We're gonna end the show with Phil in the blank. And normally I give these to the guests. And we didn't have a guest today, so I was like, this is a good opportunity to give it to you guys. So I'll read an open-ended statement. You'll have to fill in the blank. And you can expound upon it. Normally we do rapid fire, but we, you guys can expound if you want to. We'll start with Jeff. Here we go. This is going to be very good. The final 2023 class for the basketball team will be. Mm. The three current guys, obviously. I'm going to say Diabate because he, I think they're really, I'm not like crystal balling him yet, but they, they could be the favorites there. Yeah, you know what? I'll say Derek Queen. I, th- I think it's fifty. I think it's fifty-fifty right now. I just something in my gut tells me there's a a solid shot there. That would be a very good class. Very good. I mean, from everything I everything I've heard, he loves the idea, and he loves the coaches and the players. We don't know what the NIL situation is though. Paul just that's wild card to that check. I think they're gonna get. I, I think they're going to get it done. I think if they if they can just uh, make an acceptable offer, shall we say? I think yeah. I think they'll I think they'll do it. I, we got a, we got a few insides on this one, and 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 you know it it sounds like Maryland's really really got a shot if they're not the leader. Paul, the bowl game Maryland will play in this year will be. Oh shit! I don't know. Um, I don't know what the, I don't remember what tie-ins are because we're usually only looking at like Detroit and uh, Pinstripe, right? Music um, City. Music City would be nice, right? Music City is like there. maybe the fifth pick, yeah. something oh, like that. Say, can you say live show in Nashville? Oh yes, yes. But that it'll be that, that is frigid. absolutely. Frigid, though, right? It doesn't matter. I don't care. That'll be incredible. That would be. I don't fun. care. Yes, it would. Hey man, we, we it was hot as balls when we went to Austin. You know, weather doesn't matter when you're inside a packed bar. Yeah, that's true. Good point. So Paul said Music City Bowl. Really, I said it for him, but that's going to be no. Fun. That was I, I. I I don't. I don't know what the other bowl tie-ins. I've never looked at the high at the non Rose Bowl. I was just going to say Rose Bowl tie-ins. Yep. Bowl. Other than that, other than that, I got no idea. Playoff. No. If they want playoff. If they if they won out, they would make the playoff. Okay, they would. <laughs> is that a question or is that a? I'm, I, that's statement. my opinion. If they won out, they would make the playoff. That means they would beat Penn State. I think you're absolutely and Ohio right. Ohio State and be eleven and one, 
and probably win. And well, their only their only their only loss would be a close loss at Michigan. To a top five team. If they if they win out, they're they're in. They're in the playoff. They're yeah, still I don't think that's even. A, I don't even think that's a question. Okay, Jeff, you get a two parter. Starting quarterback for this week's game against Michigan State will be blank, and the starting quarterback for next year's football team will be blank. <laughs> I think Tonga Bailoa will play. He said the other day he felt 100%. I think he's just Loxley doing gamesmanship with that one. Uh, I would say Billy Edwards Jr. I think it's unlikely Talia comes back, but like we talked about earlier, he's not necessarily an NFL guy. If he realizes that, maybe he can get an NIL deal and come back, you know, but the odds favor that not happening. So, I think it's Edwards. It's clearly his job to lose. He's looked good in limited time. And, you know, you hear a lot of good things about him. So. Okay. Paul. The best word to describe your expectations for Kevin Willard's tenure at Maryland is. Um, did you ask for one word or. You can, you can do. Okay. Cautiously optimistic. Shall I say. I mean, I, I think, again, my my biggest concern about Willard was not whether he could coach basketball, but whether he could recruit at a high enough level to compete here. And I think the early returns are pretty good on that. So um, we'll have to see it on the court. But so far, I don't think there's really a whole lot to complain about. Jeff, the best place to be this Saturday if you want to hang out with the IMS guys is? Um, they'll be in a certain little special suite that we're going to be kicking it in, right? And before that, we're going to Mr. Ben Page's old line tailgate. Old ben line. Page, that's a spot they do it all. They they start. Do you know what time they start? Six hours early, either eight thirty yep. or nine thirty a.m. Nine thirty. They do a full breakfast at nine thirty, and a full lunch at like eleven thirty, with like beer and just every, every whole spread, everything you can imagine. I think it's 25 bucks a head, which seems like a great deal to me for all that. So hoping to see a lot of people there. Yep. We'll be there. Come say hi to us. You will. Paul won't be there. <laughs> oh, he's a, well, that's right. Paul, Paul won't be there because he's a tailgating hipster. He, he tailgates <laughs> a lot nine. Look, man, it's nice over there. I'm not going to lie. I've been in a lot one before all the way over there. It's unless you're close. Oh no. Nine's a party. Pluses and minuses to both. Okay. Paul, last one. The only way Maryland will ever make the football playoff is if. Um, about 30 other football programs fold. (laughs) Really? Yeah. What if they expand it to 12 teams? Then you only need 15 to fold. No, I mean, yeah, if they if they expand it, you could have you could have a lightning in the bottle kind of year. Um, you know, if, if they expand the playoff plus you get rid of the Big 10 divisions, um, you can imagine it being much more of a possibility than than it is pretty much no possibility right now. Nope. It just isn't. And it's it's not it's not super but i mean i mean look we're all sitting here like begging for eight and four and a music city bowl and i think we'd treat that kind of like our own playoffs so 
Yeah. You know, as long as your expectations are in the right place, and I think that's the right place for them to be right now, you know, you can make that what you want. IMS Radio in Nashville sounds like a lot of fun to me. To bring yeah, it does. Yes, it that does. Would, that would be a lot of fun. And we'll have Start to make cl- sure Mike Grinnan is there. <laughs> oh, Mike Grinnan will be there. <laughs> to bring he the will be there in the full circle. He will be there and in the hotel bar. That's all I got for you guys. Good show. Thank you, everybody, for joining. If you're in there and you haven't followed our page yet, please do that. Subscribe and hit the like button for us at thumbs up. Please, all that stuff helps us trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. We're far away from that right now, but we're almost halfway home. You guys could help us out by subscribing. Please do that. And if you're just listening and you feel like going online, Next time you're on YouTube and search for IMS Radio and give us a follow, subscribe, that would be very much appreciated. If anybody's going to be at the game Saturday, if it's not raining too bad, we're going to be out there at the old line tailgate. So come say hi to us. And we're going to try. We're trying to go every week now. Last week we just had some some issues. So we'll probably be back Stupid next kids week. and families. Yeah. So that's it. For this week, guys, we will see you next week. This is IMS Radio.